Oh, and we're live. Hey, everybody. It is Sotopo time. That time every week, too, Tuesday at 4 p.m. And we have an awesome show for you today. Uh, matter of fact, I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered how to get you how to get exposure, the exposure that you need to market your products and services online? Of course you have. As an entrepreneur, that's one of the top 10 things that we want to figure out how, how to do that. Well, let me let you know, sister, brother, you are blessed today because we have our beautiful sister, Lisa Simone Richards, and she is a PR and visibility strategist, and she's going to share with us the how. Hi, and welcome to Soul Support. People, I'm Toya. I'm Janet. I'm Nakia. And I'm guest Lisa Simone Richards. Hi, team. So excited to be here. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. We're so excited that you're here with us today. So, guys, again, it's another episode of Soulful, and we are here for the work at home folks, those who want to work from home, those who are currently working from home, you want to start a business from home. We're here for you. It's time to chat it up. We're so excited. First segment is what you working on? So Nakia down with a Kawadi. Girl, what you working on? Nakia was working on getting out of her head mm. and, and gaining some confidence to post her new service on social media. Hmm. What is that new service? I will be off as a certified dubsado specialist, I will be offering um CRM setups as VF stage. So it'll be one day to set it up. Certified. Nice. Fantastic. Did you get yeah. out of your head? I did. You sure? Mm. Uh, yeah, you don't act like it. Let's get that confidence back up. Okay. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> Hi everybody. Um what have I been working on? I've been networking. Um I've been trying to fine tune some skills of mine. I've been making some phone calls. I've been applying to some um, job ops out there. So today, today and the last couple of days, I have gotten out of my head. Um, our pastor talked about on Sunday, um, get out of your circle. So, you know, the little circle that you stay in that you think is safe and you don't want to share. Yeah. So I am moving from the circle into a square rectangle. I ain't got to just stay here. I'm moving to corners, corners. So that's what I was doing today. Hey, fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. So me, myself, and I, I was working on creating uh, the run show for a production that me and Janet will be doing this month. So that was one thing. And then be real with y'all, most of the morning was taking my cheering to dentist appointments. I got six kids and, you know, I had to break it up. So Took a couple to the dentist today, and um, I'm grateful there's only two cavities. So, yes, Lisa, Simone. Ooh, I love new productions. I love new productions. Come on, Lisa, <laughs> tell us what you was working on today. Oh, not bad. Odd, just two cavities with six six kids. Take it. Um, what I'm working on right now is today's a little bit of an admin day, so I have some trainings I'm uploading for my members. I'm working on some worksheets to send to a graphic designer, and just make sure that my clients are getting all the content that I promised I'd offer them up. 
Oh, you nice. said all of that in one mouthful. All right. <laughs> Lisa, but the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, Lisa has been working today. Awesome. Fantastic. So, you know, sometimes we try to stall and make sure we, you know, make the show enough time. I feel like this, this chick right here. Oh my gosh, just so much, so much information. So I'm not going to waste time, but I will say um, a lot of y'all say that you don't know how to get yourself known online. You don't know how to get exposure. You don't want to be salesy, although you want to sell stuff. So really take heed, invite your friends to come out. Any of your entrepreneurial friends, tell them to come on through. If they ever thought about, thought about, starting a business because uh, what she's going to share today is one of the key components, one of the, the main things that people want to know to start the businesses. So come on out, come on out, invite your friends. We want to just shout out real quick. I think Mama Dorch is in the house. Mm -hmm. Do I see Mama Dorch here? Yep, yes. Hi, Mama Dorch. Hi. Yep. Thanks for joining us. And if you have any questions, please put them in the chat. This is the time. This is the time for you to do that. Okay. Awesome. So let's get into it. I'm going to read Lisa's bio. All right. So Lisa Simone Richards is a PR and visibility strategist for coaches who want to get more eyes on their business. Do you want to get eyes on your business? <laughs> Through her free workshops, masterclasses, and mentor program, she gives you the insider secrets on how to get exposure and reach more people without spinning your wheels on social media or wasting money on Facebook ads. Her clients learn the, la the lather rinse, repeat formula for more visibility, which makes them more sales. They go from invisible to in demand, getting interviewed on top podcasts, partnering with big names in their industry and building their authority, expert status, getting featured on major media like Fox, like NBC, like Forbes, and more. So welcome, welcome, welcome to Sultiful Lisa. So, so excited to drop some knowledge with everyone who's tuning in today so they can get seen too. Awesome. Yes, yes. So, um, Lisa, my first question right out the gate, um, how do you know the difference between marketing and PR or are they one in the same? Uh, people say you, you doing PR, some people say you're marketing, you know, if you have a client, um, I need some PR done or I need some marketing done. Can you help us? What What, what is what? Yeah, 100%. So the way that I kind of categorize it is there are three different types of media. Um, so I'll break down the ways that I typically tend to categorize this when I'm training my clients. So three types of media, two that I'm pretty sure you're already familiar with and one that might be new to you. So the first one is social media. So we're probably all already doing that, having your Facebook page or group, your Instagram profile, LinkedIn profile. Social media is so powerful because when else have we had the opportunity to have direct one-on-one -on -one conversations with our ideal clients, to hop into the DMs and chat with them, to be able to come up with our own content and post it the way we want to, when we want to, without somebody else editing it down. So I love the idea of having social media available at our fingertips challenges with social media is number one, everybody is doing it. So it makes it really difficult to break through the noise. And you know that when you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, it's going to get you the same results. So something that I hear from a lot of people who come into my world is that they're tired of spinning their wheels. They're doing reels, they're doing stories, they're doing TV, and they're getting likes and they're getting comments, but that's not actually converting into clients. So that's number one, that's social media. Second type of media that a lot of people are familiar with is paid media. 
So this could mean doing Facebook ads. This could mean doing something like Google ads. Even the traditional stuff is ads on television, billboards, newspapers, et cetera. So again, I like to think back at how far along advertising has come. How incredible is it that we can go into Facebook and say, I'm looking for people between these ages of this gender in this specific area who like this kind of thing and have these interests to put my ad in front of. It is so powerful that we can narrow down so specifically. And, you know, thinking back to years ago, you know, billboard ads still exist. I'm looking at some on the highway just outside of where I live right now. But it was kind of like throwing spaghetti at a wall. You would hope that your message got in front of the right people and stuck. But challenges with paid media. Number one, super expensive. I'm not sure about anyone who's tuning into this show right now. I started off trying to do my ads myself, and that definitely was a few hundred dollars down the drain because I'm not an ad specialist. I can't keep up with the algorithm. I don't know how to do the A-B testing properly. So I realized after you know a few hundred dollars went goodbye, I would hire a professional team to work with. So the monthly retainer for them was $2,500 just to get in the door, didn't include the ad cost. So then you have to add the ad spend on top of this. So we're already in the like, you know, I, I definitely spent like upwards of $5,000 on that endeavor. So, you know, it's not a, not a small price tag. And to really do it properly, you, I'd say like 10K is a good number to get in with. So paid media is powerful in terms of you can be really specific in front of who you're getting in front of. However, number one, super expensive. Number two, Think about your own consumer behavior. We know how when we're on Facebook, how to scroll past an ad. We know how when we're watching television, if an ad comes on, that's the time to go to the kitchen and grab a snack. When we're driving, we see so many ads that we don't even process them anymore. And we have to remember that our ideal clients can do the exact same thing with our content. Another challenge with paid advertising is once your ad spend is gone, your content disappears. So, you know, I working with the Facebook ads team, as soon as my credit card like turns off the spend, then everything I've put out there is gone. So that's social media and paid media, which I'm sure everyone's familiar with. The third media, this is the one that's a little bit different, is called earned media. And this is what I find not enough taking not enough people are taking advantage of. Here's what I mean by earned media essentially leveraging somebody else's platform. Somebody out there already has thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even more of your ideal clients hanging out, whether that's a podcast like Soultiful, whether that is a live event happening where there's a stage for various speakers, could be a television show, could be a Facebook group, maybe it's a magazine or a website, could be a podcast. So the question is, how do you get in touch with the gatekeeper so you can get access to this audience? Now, here's why I prefer earned media PR, which is different from marketing and advertising and social media, because the differences with public relations and publicity, you're getting a third party endorsement. You know, imagine if you have an article in Forbes.com. Not just anybody can do that. Everyone can post on social. Anybody can buy ads. There's no barrier to entry. But to be highlighted by Forbes, by an, somebody who's written an article there, who's featured you in it, that's something that's special and unique. That is somebody else endorsing you and saying how good you are. So it's a lot different to have somebody else say, hey, look at Lisa, she's awesome versus me being here like, hey, look at me, I'm awesome. Mm -hmm. So you want to have that third party credibility of other people talking on your behalf, other people sharing your content. And what's great about earned media is when my clients get featured on podcasts, television shows, websites, interviews, 
they're not paying for that kind of access the same way that you would with an ad. So not only is it more impactful because you're showing up as the content, but you're also not spending money on it and you have somebody else vetting you. So that's the difference between kind of marketing and advertising or earned media versus the other types of media. It's the difference between saying, hey, look at me, I'm really good at what I do versus somebody else saying, oh my God, you need to check her out. She's incredible at what she does. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm. I learned okay. something new. Okay. Okay. I've never, did you coin that earn media? I hadn't heard that before. Lisa. No, no, that's a pretty general term out there. It's not a Lisa hmm. special. Yeah, I've okay. never heard that. That was great. Yes. That's, so that's... with the with the okay. Uh, I, I'm just asking a lot of varied questions here because one, we are getting ready to plan for our VA World Conference. Mm -hmm. And with that, we have had some challenges in our earned media mm -hmm. platform. So that is why this in this conversation today for us was such an enlightenment and inspiring conversation. In addition, as virtual professionals, we spend a lot of our time, um, now I don't wanna say selling ourselves, but putting ourselves on social media platforms so that we can attract or hang out where our clients are to grab them in. So now that you've given us this new word, well, not a new word, but this new form, how do you, how does one take direction in going into the earned media platform? I mean, <clears throat> is it necessarily that do we still hang out in those same places our clients are? Or how do we take that direction to go from transitioning from them other forms of media we were using. Yeah, you know, the first distinction I always make with my clients is I'm really big on intention. What is the purpose to this visibility? For some of my clients, oh, I love that this is your favorite uh, topic to talk about. For some of my clients, they just want to see their names in a magazine they've read for years, and that is their objective. That will make them happy at the end of the day. Um, I always tend to start with, um, you know, once we figure out the intention, and I heard from you, the intention is to get in front of more virtual assistants. It's where are your clients paying attention? You know, for me specifically, as somebody who loves to listen to podcasts, even with people that I work with. Um, I had a copywriter actually come to me and say, you know what, I listen to podcasts all the time and I want to be on the top copywriting podcast. Um, let's say for the sake of it, it was called the copy chat. She was saying, I want to be on the copy chat, but her goal was actually to get people who wanted to hire her. And she worked with new business coaches. Now, new business coaches aren't necessarily listening to podcasts that go super deep on copy. They're mm -hmm. interested on podcasts about growing an online business. Mm -hmm. So I would say to them, you know, I said to this copywriter, rather than getting lost in the noise, lost in a sea of copywriters on a show about copywriting, what if you were to get featured on a podcast all about building a business and you can talk about how copywriting fits in there? Because now instead of blending in with a sea of copywriters, you're standing out as the copywriter in this area. So knowing that VA world is coming up, um, some opportunities here is like, you know, where are VAs paying attention? Where is there an opportunity to really stand out there? Is it a virtual assistant podcast? Is it a side hustle podcast? Is it a new mom's looking for a new career podcast? Mm -hmm. Some, it depends on really who that ideal client is. And, you know, I'd want to ask you a few more questions about like your primary audience and your secondary audience. And that's a like detailed conversation for another time, but really getting a key understanding of where that ideal client is getting attention and how you can show up with value for them. So 
one of the things you were asking before is, you know, now that we're considering open up, opening up to earned media, pivoting from social and ad and paid media, maybe even just adding onto it and complementing it. Um, earned media is all about value. So every time it comes down to pitching to a website, pitching to a podcast, doing a Facebook live with somebody else, it's not a matter of saying, hey, look at me, my name's Lisa and I have a six month program. Can I come on and do a Facebook a group with you and talk about my program? It's really about, you know what, I know your clients want to get more visibility. I'd love to come in for 30 minutes and share with them how they can reach more people. Would that be of value? So really leading with value is the thing that's going to get you access to those platforms. Mm, mm, yes. Okay. Yeah. Because mm, uh, I got more questions, y'all. Don't want to let me I have got answers. Whole, yeah. Don't let me have this whole hour, y'all. Better jump I in. Question, then first, <laughs> I saw um, in a group that I'm in, the conversation about DMing people. Is that a proper process or should we be trying to do other things first? Should that be like the last option? You know what? I think everything depends on the context. So with um, DMing people, I know when people join my Facebook group, I have three entry questions that I ask them and I absolutely send a DM. You know, I have a welcome video in the group that I tag them in that instructs them to check their direct messages. And I say, hey, I saw in your group entry questions that you're struggling with X, Y, Z. Tell me a little bit more about that. So that's something I might do in that instance. Um, when I'm reaching out to media, I may not start by DMing them because, you know, I, I want to respect their inbox and they probably want to get a pitch in their email box. But I may start by liking and commenting on their content. So by the time I show up in their inbox, it's like, Lisa Richards, I think I've seen that name somewhere before. And maybe we've engaged in the comment section. We have a little bit of rapport. So by the time I'm reaching out over email, I can say, hey, you know, we've been talking on IG. I see that you work on this thing. And I actually had an idea for a podcast episode. What do you think about this? Would it be valuable for your listeners? So that's how I might finesse, like, do I do the DM? Don't I do the DM? That's how I might kind of put it through a filter. Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I do the DM after we've established some type of conversation on the designated page or depending upon what's on the designated page. And I, I, the question might be a little bit um, personal. Then I would ask on the designated page is it okay for me to dm you and then from there go from that end but even today i i was i started on the page and i ended up dming somebody and we ended up knowing each other so <laughs> look at that so yeah and you know what if i can even layer on with one thing let's try to keep the comments coming i will listen to them all day thank you um, one thing that i think could be really interesting is how can you dm differently so something that I like to really teach my clients is how can you zig when everybody else sags? So we're familiar with people sending little DMs in our notes and stuff. If we're using Instagram, let's be brave. Let's shoot a voice note. Why don't we send over a quick video? Even if it's something like an email, what if we used a tool like Bomb Bomb? Terrible name. Don't say it in an email or, or in an <laughs> But you know, you can shoot a video message to somebody and say their name at the beginning of it because you know what? When I send you a video saying, hey, Janet, blah, 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 you know that that's not a copy and paste video that I sent to 20 other people. It's personal. Like you probably feel like a little bit of a jerk not responding to it. So what's a way that we can DM that it's different from what everybody else is doing and really creating that personal connection. See, Lisa, that that's me because I am, me typing is nothing like my character. <laughs> so I, I always want to uh, figure out what way to reach my audience, but not 
not by the time. However, at the same time, I thought that videos or those kinds of things might, because depending upon where the person is and you, here you go, hi, I'm Janet. And I want, that might not be the appropriate time for them to listen. But I guess it's kind of on their discretion. If they see the video, be like, okay, maybe not right now or whatever. But I, I, I like that idea. And I, because I've always wanted to, I do a lot of voice notes, but I'm going to start with the videos because I'm very energetic and I can be over the top. <laughs> and it's great for people to get a sense of your energy. Like I had no idea you could send Instagram DMs up until like maybe 29 DM or no video DMs on Instagram is a better way to phrase it. Um, until like in 2019, somebody sent one to me and I was like, whoa, what's this? And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, I'm, like, I mean, I know on the other end, he's going to see that I saw it. So I can't not respond to it. And I've just been using it ever since. Cool. So then how, okay, so now we've talked about a different platform of the urn. And we've talked about ways to pivot into that. So then what does, does our message need to be? Lengthy, short, <laughs> What, what, what this message, how impactful, because now that you've gone this way, this message is the hook, line and sinker. I mean, they say you only have 30 seconds of viewing time, you know, on here if somebody, because, you know, they'll, they'll keep. So if you do that, then that message has to be the next defining moment in order to the clickbait or, or where, what would you suggest about the messages? Could you tell as soon as you mentioned that, like my expression changed? I'm like, oh, I have some opinions on that for sure. So <laughs> one of the things I take my clients through is a document that I call the seven pillars of the perfect pitch. So one time I will not forget this ever, that somebody was interested in working to me and they want to give me a little bit of background about who they are and sent me an email. This thing, if I printed it out, would have been four pages single spaced. And with love, with so much love, the truth is I'm busy with a lot of things and other priorities that are more important to me than randoms. So to think that I'm going to sit and read a four page, I'm just not. I'm so sorry. I'm just not. And we have to remember that other people are taking us through the same filter as well. So one of the things I teach my clients in the seven pillars of the perfect pitch are the important things you need to say and in what order. You can use this for writing an email. You could use this for a video as well. I'm going to do my best to kind of bring up some of those points off the top of my head. Number one, a really quick introduction, not a life story. Hi, my name is Lisa Simone Richards, and I'm a PR and visibility strategist who works with online coaches who want to get seen everywhere. That's it. That, that's, the, that's the message of who I am. It gives you the context of what I do, who I help, and the result that they get. Not I went to this school when I grew up, one time when I was seven. We're going to skip all that. Um, so start off with a really quick, succinct introduction about yourself. Second thing that I would do is create connection. You know, we're more likely to do something for someone who's a friend of ours versus a stranger. So I might create connection by saying, you know what, I've watched Soul to Full. I saw Jennifer Nagel on here as a guest, and I absolutely love the show. I think you're doing great things for the VA community. Something along the lines of that, just a quick little sentence lets you know, hey, guess what? She's actually paid attention to us. She knows who we featured. She knows who we help. It's just creating a little connection and rapport there. Um, what would I do next? I'm trying to think about this PDF and the order in which it goes. Um, I think the next thing that I would do is um, really kind of highlight what is the gap? What is it that this 
host, this person who owns this platform is trying to support their audience with? And where is there an opportunity for me to come in or for you to come in to help fulfill that goal? I know that your clients haven't sat around building a VA business just to not to stay the best kept secret. They actually want to get in front of the online coaches who need their support. So I had an idea for a podcast episode for an event that's coming up, whatever it might be. And so then I would go into a pitch, guys, I'm trying to make this as succinct as possible. Um, when I'm doing a pitch, whether it's on a video, whether it's a written email, I might come up with what are three bullet point takeaways? Because at the end of the day, we're busy. What's the point of this? And what is somebody going to get out of it? So I might say, you know what? I would love to do a podcast interview with you and share three. At the end of an episode, your viewers would know point one, two, and three. Would this be of value? So I'd really get into the brevity of who I am, create some connection, get clear on the gaps that you want to fill. When I'm thinking, can't look at a camera. Um, get clear on what the takeaways are and then make that ask, would this be of value to your audience. One pro tip that I want to offer on this, if you're doing this, especially in a written format, when you're done writing this, let's say it's an email that you're sending asking for a visibility opportunity, skim through the left margin of your page, the left margin of that pitch that you're writing. How many paragraphs begin with either I, me, or my? Because if they're all I, this, and my program, that, and me, the other, guess what? The other person's going to tune out because we are all tuned into WIIFM, what's in it for me. So you always want to make sure you're talking from the perspective of your values, your audience, not your values, your viewers, your audience, your listeners. This is what they're looking for. And here's how I can support it. Not me, 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 because the other person's going to tune out. So that's really briefly a way that you can make sure you're saying the right things in the right order. Cool. I have a question about the pitch. Do you prefer, do you think a pitch deck is outdated? Again, the question is going to be, what's the context? So for the majority of people that I work with, they don't need a pitch deck. For the majority of people that I work with, a press release is absolutely not necessarily necessary. Um, that is literally standard for 99% of the people that I work with in my business now. Mm -hmm. However, when I worked with some companies that were maybe larger and they were releasing something technical, there was more space to have the documentation and to give all the specs off the top. But uh, off the jump, if you're just giving someone information that they did necessarily ask for you're showing up in their inbox i'd be careful not to bombard them with too much more stuff i'd be like you know would this be of interest and once i get that yes when i get that buy-in fantastic let me give you more details as opposed to fire hosing you off the jump cool because i built the web on our on our site i built a website of our demographics and the benefits and and what what our goal is and everything so i was thinking a link to that is is better than a PowerPoint of 20 pages. So yeah, it could be a, it could even be a sentence saying, Hey, if you'd like to learn more, click here to get the information or, you know, would you like me to send this information for you? Like I even think about like when people are pitching me and they're just like saying, Hey, here's a link to my calendar for a free coaching call. I'm like, I never said I wanted that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but like, it, it's just kind of pushy sometimes. So I always kind of gauge the situation and I get some buy-in first before I give people more resources than they may have asked for. But again, I think a theme of the conversation seems to be that we have to gauge whatever the situation, the context is to figure out what the right move and strategy is. Thank you. I think that was good. Like you said, Lisa, we have to gauge the situation. It may not be, you know, the same, you know, depending who we're talking to. 
That's awesome. So I had a question for you. Um, I have a, a I have a potential client that's interested in selling her her new life coaching uh, business. You know, start her life coaching um, services. And she said, I need a PR person because I want to be on ABC, NBC, you know, everywhere. So I have a question for a new starting out entrepreneur. Is that does that does that make sense? Do they create their ebook and create their coaching program and then they go to NBC? Okay, interesting question. So ebooks I have opinions on. So we're not gonna do the ebook example. <laughs> uh, but you know, do you need to have all your ducks in a row before you approach the media? Essentially, 100% you don't. Um, would I have answered that question differently four years ago? I might have. Um, so the reason that I'm answering it the way that I am is I had a client come to me um, or a client that I worked with, sorry, her name is Marta. And when she came to me, she wasn't sure exactly what she was going to be coaching on, what the product she was going to be selling is. Um, but she did want, she had a message, she had a voice, she just wanted to be heard. So we ended up, you know, she had a theme of where she was going. It's not like she was debating whether she should be a health coach or an accountant. Like we had a sense of where her business was going. She was into women's empowerment. Would it be business coaching? Would it be personal? Would it be development? We weren't quite sure on that specific part yet. So we actually started getting her some TV features. We were paying attention to like, okay, it's like National Women's Day. What can you say on that topic? And National Bullying Day, how could we speak into that? So we were doing some news jacking, leveraging opportunities that were already coming up and just positioning her as the expert. So the interesting thing is through talking on television and doing maybe three or four segments, then she started to narrow in on, you know what? I really get lit up when I talk about these things. There's a good view response when I do these. This is what I think I'm going to hone in on on my business. So it's very cool to see her actually use publicity first as a way to get her name out there to build her uh, influence and her expert status. But further than that, she also built relationships, which was really cool. So like I said, she must have done three or four segments before she got clear on what she was going to offer. And she realized she was really good at doing workshops and curating live events, which she then translated into virtual events. But by the time she was clear on her offer, she had a great relationship with the host of the TV show that she was on all the time. And when she did a live event, she was able to have that morning show anchor as one of the panelists at her event. Obviously, that brought a draw of an audience. She'd also been on radio a few times. So imagine you're hosting your first workshop and, you know, the local morning show host from the TV show is there and the local radio host who people listen to our panelists at your first event. That brings in traffic. So it was really awesome that she used media to first build a name for herself, second, build relationships then actually get clear on the offer, but actually have a powerful platform to now put this offer in front of. Because if there's anything I see, it's a lot of people creating the eBooks and the offers and the programs and all of that, but not having an audience to be able to actually sell it to. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Great. Thank you. Of course. So, so I now let's transition to that because I want to transition to that scope. One, do you believe that radio is still an effective source, maybe of earned income, media, I mean, radio and TV? Because once again, we pick up this little gadget right here and use it so often. And if it is still a valuable source, how does one leverage it in the way of um advertising because as you stated earlier it is a paid media mm -hmm. so it does cost um depending upon the slot the show the show host and the status of the station but are those things relevant because at one time you wanted to go to those medias now 
you got this gadget. This is your media. Completely. So it really depends on how you work with people. So radio, it's so funny that this is the second time radio has come up today because like it also might be the like second time it's come up all year. So depending on how you work with your clients, depending on literally just how you get paid is going to determine whether or not radio makes sense. So because I work with a lot of people who have virtual online businesses, putting effort into getting featured on a radio show that's largely just segmented to their city isn't the thing that's going to make the most sense. So here's an example and a story that I can share with you. Um, in 2015, I worked with identical twin chiropractors, doctors Marco and Paulo Dechian is here in Toronto. Um, if you guys didn't know I was Canadian, you couldn't hear it yet. I'm from Canada. Um, so I like to think of these guys as like the property brothers of chiropractics. Mm -hmm. So they were on, so they have a bricks and mortar clinic. You have to walk into their studio for them to make money. Um, their first TV appearance was on a national television show called The Social. So it streams from across the entire country, from Vancouver to the Atlantic provinces. And that was huge recognition, huge credibility building for them. However, if you live in on the west side of the country in British Columbia, you're not coming to see the doctors in Ontario. So while it was cool visibility for them, it wasn't the thing that put money in their pockets. Mm -hmm. Now, again, they're here in Toronto. So they actually did a Here's a fun story about how this all can turn into one opportunity into multiple ones. They did a segment on Canada AM all about selfie elbow. So, you know, we're getting front facing cameras. What help, What happens to your elbow and wrist when you're doing this all day to yourself? So that was on national television. Great credibility. But again, somebody in Alberta isn't coming to their clinic and putting money in their pockets. But when they did that morning show segment, a local radio producer here in Toronto was listening to it. And they were like, that's really interesting called the doctor's office and was like, saw your segment on TV this morning, would love to have you on the radio show this afternoon. Are you available to come on for a comment? So again, radio, super short, succinct interviews. Maybe it was 10 minutes he was on the phone with the inter the doctor was on the phone with the interviewer. A lot of radio stations, it's traffic on the ones and weather on the twos. So his interview ended up airing maybe like five or six times throughout the day. So that was visibility that he wasn't paying for and it was repetitive now because in this radio this radio station is local to toronto the people who heard it are the people who had the ability to go to the clinic so while it was cool to get that national coverage it's not the thing that put money in their pockets it built their status it built their credibility it elevated them beyond their competition who'd never had that kind of exposure but the less sexy getting featured on the radio thing is what actually made the money so if you're bricks and mortar, radio can make sense for you. But again, because most of the people I work with have virtual businesses, I'd rather see them get featured on a podcast that can be heard anywhere versus radio, which is going to be hyper-local. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because then I was going to go into the podcast. So you already spoke about that. Because some of our clients are brick and mortar and some of our clients are online. So knowing when to transition or to uh, make that suggestion or whether that's feasible is very important because if you're online, that's totally um, a, a very valid point. You're online. Yeah. The people that's on the radio, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make no sense for you to invest 5,000, 4,000 in radio. You're online, stay online. Maybe find online radio stations mm -hmm. or podcasts and then you could do your, your support there, but it doesn't make any sense. But if you are brick and mortar, that's standing up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, then go on the local radio station in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
That's why I always say it begins with intentionality. What is the purpose of me being seen? It's beyond the ego of I just, well, maybe it could be ego. There's nothing wrong with that. I had a client who grew up reading Self Magazine and she was like, if I just get an article in Self, that was well worth the investment with you. I don't care if it brings me clients. I just want to see my name in print. And that was her objective. So fantastic. We satisfied that. But if her objective was, I want to make sure that this brings in clients for me, I may have suggested something different. So again, intentionality is the beginning of everything. So, so how long should you, when you plan out and earn income um, visibility or strategy, what should your ultimate um, plan be? So should it be you do a 90-day scope or does it depend on the event or what you're advertising? And then maybe how often do you revisit? I mean, if you did it and you get, I don't know, six figures, then maybe you might not need to go back to it. But if you well, maybe you should go back a lot more often and get that six figures on pricey. Why am I stopping? Yeah, I and, I mean, those things are pricey. <laughs> so, how, what what should be your strategy or your uh, or your plan of action? Okay, this is going to be an interesting question because I come from traditional agency where we would have people sign twelve month retainers and do big oh. scope products for the year with like Virgin wow. Mobile and Crayola and Staples. Um, and the truth is, me as a person, that will stress the crap out of me. I don't want to think twelve months ahead. So typically, I'm usually working on a twelve week plan. That's what I do for myself. That's what I encourage my clients to do. Um, if anyone hasn't read the book, The Twelve Week Year, yet, I highly recommend that one. Um, and just really having a sense of okay, what do I have coming up down the docket. Like if I know I have a course launch in mid-November, guess what? I'm going to be booking a bunch of podcast appearances for the beginning of November and the end of October so that I'm really building up a pipeline of leads before I go into my launch. So really being strategic and clear on what you have coming down the pipeline matters. Um, one of the things that it might be useful for me to share at this point in time is understanding what lead times are. So what I mean by lead time is when you're looking at a media source, whether it's a podcast, a print magazine that you see at the grocery store, store or even a guest blog post on someone else's site, how long does it take to go from idea to execution? So that's the lead time. When you're thinking about um, a print magazine that you hold in your hands, they're working three to four months out. So while we're recording this in mid-October, they're actually closing the books on November, December, January. So they're on January, February issues right now. Like Christmas is long done. done. Don't pitch them Christmas ideas. That finished. Um, if you're working with a website, of course, they can turn things around quickly. I'd probably do a pitch within two to three weeks of when I wanted to see something go live. Uh, depending on the kind of television show you're going for, typically with morning shows, you're going to send a pitch somewhere around two to three weeks before you'd love to see that segment air. Um, they can turn around as little as like seven days. Sometimes could be tomorrow if they had a cancellation. So be prepared. Um, podcasts are always going to be different different because they're at the discretion of the host. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I've recorded podcast episodes where the host was like, that was so good. We're actually going to bump off a few other ones and do yours first. So you just have to be mindful and play with it. So really anywhere you're looking from somewhere from three weeks to three months, depending on what kind of outlet you want to be covered on. Cool. Look at Toya. Yeah, Toya. <laughs> Twitter question, how do I become a PR and visibility strategist? Well, I mean, that took me 20 years. So, you know, with <laughs> a bunch of clients and that's how I did it. But really, like in terms of learning this stuff, honestly, I'm a big believer in teaching people how to fish. So I used to have a PR agency. Where I kept, like, yeah, she loves fishing. She loves fishing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, I fish. had an agency where people would pay me like three, whatever, 3,000 a month for a three month 
three months retainer. So 3000 per month on a three month retainer. So it's a, it's a decent investment, but again, less than you're going to spend at a huge agency. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I leave with the relationships. I leave with the contacts. I leave with the know-how. So what mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about teaching people is, hey, here's how you learn how to find the right people. Here's how you do the pitch. And then you're going to have a skill that you can use for the life cycle of your business. Teach it to a team member. Ask them to do it on your behalf. But I would rather show you here's how you do it than have you pay me three grand every month indefinitely because once I'm gone, you won't know how to do it yourself. Right. So Lisa, that was my question. I'm sorry. My question uh, was, can, can you give us your background? Tell us how did this all get yeah, started? Yeah, even a little bit about your family, your background. That'd be awesome. Oh, thank you for asking that question. It's very funny. In case you guys can't tell, I'm super mechanical. I'm like, here are the tactics and the strategies, but I don't go that much into my personality. So I appreciate that question. I'm happy to share the background. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I've told the story a few times in the last week. And I, the first clue that I was going to end up in communications, I think about my parents' like baby album of me. I'm an only child, so there are a few of those. Um, there's a picture of me around three years old, sitting in a snowsuit in the snow, holding a toy phone. So we knew Lisa was going to be a communicator. Um, but I think, you know, two or three of the most impactful moments that got me into this as a career. The first one is I remember having a subscription to Teen People magazine, in case anyone remembers, like, tiger beat and stuff from back in the day i had team people Man, team um, yeah yeah you know that one and i had written a, i saw that there was a letters to the editor section in the beginning of the magazine and i thought to myself how cool is that that i could literally write a letter send it off and then see it in the magazine so again i was in girl guides like i knew how to write up an envelope i knew where my mom kept the stamp so i wrote a letter to the editor sent it off didn't ask my parents anything like for help with it and then lo and behold three months later when my magazine came in the mail with jonathan taylor thomas on the cover from home improvement um i was like number one swoon he was so cute number two saw my letter to the editor in there and that was the most incredible thing to me so that started getting me hooked i knew i didn't want to be the media but i wanted to be involved in it somehow Fast forward to first year university, and I'm having lunch with a girl in my sorority who's in fourth year and about to graduate, and she's sharing with me that she's going to be going to PR school. So this is around 2002. Sex and the City was in its heyday, and for anyone who's familiar with the show, Samantha Jones was a publicist, and she made PR look super cool and sexy, and there were all these fun parties and great outfits and all this, like, whining and dining, and I was like, yeah, I could do that. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. So um, in university, I just started volunteering in a bunch of communications roles within my sorority, within student council, joined a few different organizations as well. I remember there's a picture of me doing my first interview on with, like, the local rogers tv station when i was around 18 or 19 years old so i was doing that all the time through uh undergrad um funny interesting thing is that i was actually into fashion and beauty when i first got started so i went i live in toronto about an hour and a half outside of toronto is a city called london where i went to school but i would always volunteer for fashion week here in toronto in the pr department but it was a week and it was 90 minutes away from school. So my parents were very well aware that Lisa would skip school for two weeks of the year to come volunteer at Fashion Week. And by the end of fourth year, I was running the PR volunteer team, which was pretty cool. Wow. Um, after that, I ended up interning. So I went to PR school after I was done in undergrad. And at the end of it, they asked you to do a PR internship. And I was like, you know what? Everyone's going to go work in a PR agency. How can I bring something different to the table from what everybody in my class is doing? Because again, I like to zig when everyone zags. So while everybody went off to PR internships, I decided to do the Devil Wears Prada thing. And I interned in the beauty department of Fashion Magazine here in Canada. So I wanted to be on the other side. 
what's it like to be an editor, well, an intern, but supporting the editor as all the products are coming in and to see the different pitches from various publicists, what stands out? How do they deal with it? So I decided to actually take that approach. So I was like three months behind my class, my classmates, because then I did a PR internship, but I still have knowledge that none of them have this many years later. So I interned at a magazine for a few months. I would work different fashion festivals. Um, I worked in beauty for a little while and fast forward because we want to make a long story a little bit shorter. Um, I worked in agencies with big clients, like I mentioned before, Crayola, Virgin Mobile, Staples. But in 2015, this is when I saw that there were a lot of people who were leaving their safe nine to five jobs to take on entrepreneurship, to open their own business, to do something that they were passionate about. And while they were incredible at what they did, they were the best kept secret. They didn't know how to promote themselves. So like I mentioned, I started off with an agency. I knew that they couldn't go to the one that I worked at with Staples and whoever else, because they'd be told it's $10,000 a month. It's a 12 month retainer. Just sign here and we'll be happy to support you. They couldn't do that. So I started my own agency. I think we were billing around three grand a month with a three month retainer, a lot more manageable. But what I really wanted to do is like I said, teach people how to fish. So now the evolution has been, I like to share with people over the course of about six months, here's how you come up with a good idea. Here's how you find the right outlet. Here's how you find the person. Here's how you make the ask. Now go on, blather, rinse and repeat for the rest of your career. So that is a background on how I got into doing what I do. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Samantha used to wear, I don't know who was better with the coat, Samantha or what was that other? For sure. Carrie's great. Charlotte loved Miranda. Awesome. But Samantha's fashion, like, yes, yes, yes. yes. Her coats and her high heels. Mm, mm, Everything mm. was fabulous. I loved it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Internships are a powerful thing. If I, I always, my former um, profession was in radio. I used to stress, take advantage of an internship because an internship can either make you or break you. And it also allows you to hone in on what your specific area of expertise that you may want to. Uh, I worked in the radio industry, so all the time people would always come in. I want to be on air. However, we found that some of the people that were wanted to be on air ended up being better at producing. Some of my, my students, um, our producers in California. Um, some of them work in New York. Some of them were in promotions department and switched to programming or were in programming and switched. So take advantage of an internship. Even in our age, you can take advantage of an internship. Internships yeah. are so powerful. And you yes, know, unfortunately, I, I will, I will, I'll knock the media industry for this one. I'm not sure how things have changed since 20 years ago when I was doing it, but so many internships were unpaid. Like they, I spent at least a year working for no money, no transportation, anything. Thank goodness I had the fortune of living under my parents' roof and I didn't need to worry about rent or food or anything like that. I hope to see if the industry's gotten a little more inclusive and people who don't necessarily have that luxury can get in. But interning was everything for me. And I can't even begin, like I'm gonna humble brag for a second here. I'm gonna own my stuff. I'm gonna dust my shoulders off. Um, I created internships. I found the companies that I wanted to work for. I remember with Cake Beauty straight out of university. Um, um, I was like, I had emailed the founder. She was on the cover of an alum magazine. I was like, hey, I want to be your PR intern. She's like, we're not hiring a PR intern. I'm like, great, we are now. Like, this is what I want to do with your company. I wasn't that pushy and cocky about it. But I created an internship out of nowhere for myself. 
did a real good job. And I had a job throughout when I went to postgraduate. I already got hired on as a coordinator. I remember there was another agency I want to work at. I was like, I want to be your intern. They're like, we're not hiring interns. I'm like, you are now. Um, here's what I'd like to do with you. And then by the time I was done that internship, they offered me a paid job as well. So like, go out there and create what you want to create. Don't just look and hope someone's going to hire you. Like, at the power of persistence, don't be a badger, but go after what you want 100%. That's right. Yeah, that that is very true. I was the um, internship coordinator manager, so everyone had to come come see me. I had one guy who would come every day at five o'clock just to talk to me because he wanted to be an intern. But at the time, um, and I I think now they have, but here in Georgia, most of the four year schools is course credit, so you your, a semester is missed so that you can do the internship. The two-year schools, they sort of do something different. Um, and some places do pay, but technically in radio, because we're a corporate entity, we don't pay for internships. Um, but yeah, I remember those stories. The guy used to come every day because he was a, um, a sophomore and we didn't accept them till they were junior. So mm -hmm. the whole, his whole sophomore year, every day at five o'clock, I can guarantee he'll be there. We had Chick-fil-A in our building. He'd be like, you want a sweet tea? You need some French fries. You need. You want me to go down and get you a cookie? And he would stay there just for an hour till I got off work and just talk to me. That young man ended up being our morning show producer because mm -hmm. I hired him for the internship and then he joined our team. So yeah, don't play with an internship. And the le I feel like part of the lesson is like go after what you want. Don't just sit there. Don't hope someone's going to hand it to you. Like make it happen. Like I mean, it's not for this to come out the wrong way. I get what I want because I'm going to do what I need to go to get after it. You know what I mean? I'm not hoping someone's going to come and give it to me. Like, no, get it, do it, own it. Yeah. Man, this was so resourceful and value information. Mm -hmm. Okay, Nakia, we have some time. We need to put together some brains. How are we going to attack this earned media? Yeah. I know. So Lisa, do you think that's the, the best form of uh, exposure, the earned media? I mean, when I think about it, okay, like, why wouldn't I choose the opportunity? Number one, I could write a blog on my own website with however many thousand visitors I get a month. Why wouldn't I choose to be on somebody else's blog to write an article for their website that has millions of people landing on it a month? A lot of the time I hear people say, I'm going to start my own podcast. And hey, love being here, having the opportunity to be here and be on your podcast. But for me to spend time to figure out how to do podcast art, how to get it on iTunes, how to distribute it. You know what? I'm going to spend actually 30 minutes just pitching a bunch of shows and having the opportunity to come on here and share with your audience a bunch of different tips rather than starting it myself. Mm -hmm. So I think what I could, I could either be spinning on social media, creating content all day, which is not my jam. Like I got proposed with the Eiffel Tower. There isn't a single picture of it anywhere on social media that's how social i am um i could spend all day coming up with my own networks to get in front of people i could be spending my money on facebook ads or i could get in front of somebody who already has an audience i could come up with value and have them highlight me one thing that's really interesting about earned media is you're borrowing somebody else's trust. So let's use this as a perfect example right now. For everyone who's tuning in, you trust these three ladies behind the Soul to Full show. And by extension of that, because they've invited me on here, you're assuming that I know what I talk about because they probably wouldn't bring on somebody who didn't know what they were doing. So I have actually skipped the whole cold lead thing and by extension of their invitation have borrowed the trust that you, the audience, have placed in them and now that lies with me because 
because they brought me in here. So I already have a layer of credibility that absolutely wouldn't even be there in a Facebook ad when I'm just trying to say, hey, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And actually, Lisa has a dynamic offer that um, Toy is going to share with us or Lisa's going to share with us. Yes, but mm, yeah, you've gained my credibility. Oh, gosh, I was going to say, Toy, please share what it is. I have a few different things. I can't remember what we're going to do. Oh, okay. I see it on I see it on the ticker. I know what we're talking about. Okay, cool. So for those of you who are interested in actually getting some earned media, you want to be on a podcast, on a website, a TV show. Um, you know, this is specifically for the podcasters, but if it's a different media, I promise you can take this and tweak it. Um, you might be wondering, okay, if, if I open up my email, what do I say to this person? Like, we were already talking about what goes in a pitch before, and I talked about those seven pillars briefly. For those of you who don't want to stare at that little white blinking cursor of doom when you have to write an email and you're not sure what to say, I actually have a template where you can fill in the blanks. This is a template that I use that my clients use to book podcasts, which is our number one lead generation source. So if you head over to www.theperfectpodcastpitch.com, you're going to get my fill in the blank template that teaches you how to actually make the request asking for exposure and visibility. So again, I see the link is on the screen at www.theperfectpodcastpitch.com and you'll get my fill in the blank document to make it a lot easier when you want to send out a pitch. Oh, that's amazing. I know. And you said that you use it yourself. So guys, it would behoove us to download that guy. Yes. 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 I, I think that one might actually even have the word for word pitch that I used for a show. Oh, like that amazing. might be in there one that I got onto. So like legitimately giving you the goods. I didn't hold anything back with this one. You know, I think sometimes we overthink exposure and all this stuff, right? And literally, we need to find a list of people who would want our value, and we sh and we just simply pitch to them. And I'm sure out of a list of 100, we'll get at least 10, 15, you know? And, yeah, um, I always yeah. like to go into the math conversions with an email yeah. list. You're converting at about 2%. So if you get in front of 100 people, you've got a good two clients in there. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's wow. Right. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I felt like I ate a bird. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I, I feel like, I feel like I've been to um to uh exposure school or exposure. Yes, church. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And Toya, who is our show sponsored by on this great Tuesday afternoon? Oh, 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 that would be, oh, me, Go Giga Creations, G-O-G-I-G-A creations.com. And we do things like this, guys. We create live stream shows. We create assets. We create intros and overlays and all the things that you would need so you can gain exposure with the live stream show. Okay? So if you're interested and want to know more about the company, just go to gogigacreations.com. Yeah. All right. So, Lisa, we would love to hear your final or your last words, something to leave us with before we get out of here. Always say the thing I always leave shows off by saying is don't let this be a bunch of great information, some awesome notes that you took. What's the one thing you're going to put into practice? Like, mm -hmm. what are you going to do from everything you just invested 52 minutes to listen to? What's the action step that you're going to take so that you can get in front of more of the right people, have a bigger impact, and of course, be able to support your income as well. So don't just let this be information. Let it create transformation. 
Ooh, don't let it Ooh, be just information. Let it, yes, transformation. So I'm going to answer that right now. I'm going to, as far as part of the, the VA World Conference, I do want to make sure that we collectively, I'm saying this out loud now, guys, make sure that I follow through, create this list and that we get on some podcasts. You know what I'm saying? That we get out there and we let, because we, the conference is going to help so many people, you yes. know? So we've got to, we've got to get exposure. And it's, and, and as we've learned, it's just mechanical. We just have to do it. Yep. Yes. 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 Anybody else have anything else? Any thoughts on this wonderful, wonderful information? Yes, I am going to um, do this. This drive to different. I'm. I'm now attempting the earned media route. I'm going to start connecting with some people that are already established. That yeah, no, and I was already struggling with that Facebook thing, and I'm going to start doing more videos. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, so I'll just say about that, you know, I don't do social, you know, and me and the kid, that's what was our jam. We did, we were social media specialists, right? I don't do it at all. I do exactly what Lisa says. I get in front of people that I leverage people's communities and so forth. And it makes it so much easier. Like you don't have to do any promotion. They come in your inbox and say, Hey, I want your help. Sure. I'd love to help you. <laughs> so it's just a, a way to look at, and the, the other thing that she said that I'm a proponent of, I zig when others zag. I really try to do that all day long. If I see everybody else doing that, okay, well, what can I do a little different? You know what I'm saying? And I do that. So, Lisa, thank you so much. Just awesome, Oh, you're awesome. so welcome. Yes, yes, yes. I learned a lot. I have a whole page of notes. Me too. And now to make, use them for transformation. <laughs> yep. That's, that's right. The whole right. 52 minutes of your time. Transform. <laughs> and right. you can start that's by right. transforming by going to work on that VIP post. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> no rolling of the eyes. Didn't she just say five seconds ago? Transformation. 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 Uh, put the eyes back in your ball and roll them back the other way and go work on that. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you, guys. And if you will, please take the time to like, comment, and definitely subscribe to Sultiful on YouTube. Thank you. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Hi, and welcome to Sultiful.